1: right it is mailbag time and we've got a lot of good super chats today and a lot of good questions that i want to get to today i want to roll through the super chats first if you have questions you want us to ask uh please throw them in if you asked a question earlier in the show that wasn't a super chat odds are we didn't see it so go ahead and throw it in there now and we'll get to these these things we got about about 30 minutes so we're going to really rock through some of these these uh these questions that we had alan watson has a couple super chats at the beginning Uh, Thank you very, very much, Alan. He says, I had a team like this when I was a kid, pre-dinosaur time, and we (laughs) simplified the entire playbook to see what we did well and then build from there. Would you consider this approach or is it too simple of an approach? So Alan asked this question before we even started the show, Ryan. He asked it at 155, so five minutes before we started the show. So Alan, I love where your head's at. I think we've already answered the question. I do think you need to do that. Now, You can oversimplify. Mm-hmm. And simplification doesn't mean you run three plays out of four formations. That's not simplification. That's they're going to kill you because they're going to know exactly what you're doing and you're going to be in trouble, but less scheme more looks is what I is. When I say simplification, that's what I'm talking about. Less scheme, more looks, less scheme, more tempo. Those are the, those are the things to do. So, so, and then also part of that too, and this is especially true of the defense have Maris Lofau play one position. Have J.D. Yeah. Bertrand play one position. And then once they master that, then move them. And to a degree, mm-hmm. that's true at offense. I think Brayden Lindsay's shown he can make some plays out of different positions. I would move him around a little bit. He's played W, X, and Z this year. I'd do more of that. I think Lorenzo can do a little bit more of that. I would have him strictly be X and Z. I'm not really ready to put Lorenzo in the boundary yet. I don't think he's ready mm-hmm. for that yet. That's why you play DeBias there, right? Play Michael yep. Mayer there. Uh, but I, those two, but other than that, like let these kids master something first, then build out on on from it. So that's also part of simplification is only asking kids to learn one thing. And even if you don't change the scope of what you're doing, then kids can learn that one thing as opposed to learning all that out of two positions. I think those are very, very important parts of this, right?
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate
1: Uh, Alan Watson with the super chat. Uh, the one thing that I have hated the first two weeks is the rush to the line, but then we stop and adjust once in a while. I need to actually hurry and snap the ball to make it effective. This, this came pretty early in the show too. Didn't come before, but me. yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's Alan Allen's. I, I think he nailed both of his super chats, right? I think he's spot on on yeah. both of them.
3: Yeah, and I think that there's time where, you know, check with me's are fine to the sideline, right? Like, you just want to – in crucial situations especially, like, oh, you sure we want to run this play? Like, we're good, we're good, we're good, we won't change, all that good stuff. But I agree, like, we – we I mean, that was one thing that me and Brian adamantly agreed upon is that the pace needs to pick up a little bit, right? And if you're checking at every single play, then you're hurting your pace. You're hurting that right. structure, right? So, yeah, I agree with you. I think that it needs to be less check with me's – Except in the most crucial situations like when it, when it's money time, I still think that it's okay to have like those check with me opportunities, but I agree for the most part, you need to cut down on the, the just look to the sideline and you need to go, man. I think that's Brian. You said it right early on in the show that Tommy Reese needs to have answers scripted out beforehand, right? Like Mm -hmm. he needs to have stuff ready to go so that you don't have to have the check with me as readily available.
1: Yep. Next super chat from David Knight. Thank you, David, very, very much. Brian and Ryan, knowing the O-line is experiencing the difficulties the O-line is experiencing, are plays available to offset this? Also, is that an OC issue because he is trying to figure it out? You know, its I don't know if there's things that you can go to to make a struggling offensive line better. A struggling offensive line is going to be a struggling offensive line no matter what you call it. if they're struggling because they're just not getting the job done or playing with good fundamentals. Right. Right. I think there's some things that they do well, some things they don't do well. And mm-hmm. I think right now they need to figure out what they do well and focus on that and then find the errors and the other things. Like you can't just say, well, we do inside zone really well. Okay. We're just going to run inside zone every play this week. That's not what we're talking about, no. but build off of that. Right. Mm-hmm. And maybe emphasize that more and then de-emphasize maybe a couple of the other inside looks, maybe make that your your primary inside run and you complement it with formational stuff, leverage stuff, RPO stuff. And you complement it with your counters and your outside zones and some, you know, some different things to do off of that. Right. Uh, Those are things that I would consider doing. Uh, Maybe you boot off of it a little bit. So inside zones are bread and butter run play. And we don't have a quarterback that can pull and run it. But you know what you do? You have a quarterback that can pull it and get outside and bootleg off of it to keep the backside honest. so, So, again, that's an old school way of attacking a backside, an aggressive backside player on the zone that is can be part of the read. That's that's and it's kind of an RPO, right? I mean, that's uh, you can call a pure bootleg, but I think there's also merit to just doing it off of an RPO, right? And it's a naked because that's what a naked bootleg is. A naked bootleg doesn't need it's not even a naked bootleg. It's just a naked, right? There's a bootleg which usually means you have a pulling a puller, you know, somebody to protect you. You're blocking for the quarterback movement, and then there's a naked which is you're just blocking the run look, and the quarterback's Mm got to get out there and he's by himself. He's naked. He's all alone, right? That's that's what that's what that means, and so. I think you can do those things off of the inside zone action as well. So there's, again, there's things you can do off of it as opposed to running four different inside run looks. You got one that you're really good at run it a lot.
3: I think the worst thing that you can do when your offensive line is playing well is to be a predictable football team. And I think right. that's what the worst part about it right now. I think that's why, I mean, Brian, you may, again, you made the point that more looks in less formations, right? Like more options. If you give your team options, then at least, even if your offensive line's struggling, at least the defense has to play a guessing game a little bit, right? Like they don't know what's coming at them. They have to be more reactionary than proactive, right? So I I think that that's the biggest thing is that you can't make it easy for a defense when you're also not playing well. Make it difficult for them. Right now, things are way too easy for defenses playing against Notre Dame. Make it difficult for them. Yep, absolutely. Super
1: chat here from... Patrick Tolan, thank you. How much longer till we see Billy Shrouth? I don't know. I mean, Billy Shrouth is a true freshman missed the entire spring. So I don't know if he's the answer today. But if he is, great. If he's not, I mean, there's, there's plenty of options. There's plenty of guys that you can turn to. But my number one priority is getting the guys at the offensive line that they have out there coached up. Yes. Now and, and if and if that doesn't change, then then you make then you have to make the change. So that we, there's, no, there's no doubt.
3: We had a question yesterday, Brian, where someone asked, what would be your starting five for the offensive line? Like and someone basically was asking, would you keep Patterson at guard? Would you keep him at center? And my response is pretty similar to my thought process here. I honestly do not care who the five starting are. I am I care that this is an evaluation opportunity for the coaching staff and they put who they conceive to be the best five. On the field. That's all yeah. I care about right now, man. That's all I care like about.
1: It. Yeah, I don't yeah. I, I, don't I don't care if it's Josh Lug or somebody else. I don't care if it's Jared Patterson or somebody yep. else or Zeke Crow or somebody else or Blake Fit. Don't care. I,
3: I could care less if Jared Patterson's job, at center or at guard, could care less. Movie tight care end less. for all I care as long as it works. Correct. Exactly. Like, I could care I could care less. People keep people kept talking about hey, we should, maybe Blake Fisher to guard is a good idea. And I'm like, if Blake Fisher ends up a guard, I don't care as long as don't he's playing care. good football. I don't That's care it. if Tosh Baker's playing well or Whoever, Caleb Johnson or Michael Carmody, like I don't care who the five is. All I know is that it's not good right now and it needs to be better. And right now it's not. That's and it's a valuation yeah. opportunity. So yeah. we'll see. And if the coaching staff is as good as I think they can be, right, they're gonna take this opportunity and they're gonna nail it. Right. Yeah. And we'll see. We'll see how it ends up. But I, I think that I think we should give them a little bit of time, right? And I think if this is a big opportunity for this coaching staff to show. That they know what they're doing. Like I, th- I think there's, there's, there is opportunity through an adversity right now that they can take advantage of. Agree, Christopher Morgan with Super Chat.
1: Thank you, Christopher. Now that Tyler Buckner's out for the season, we need. This is actually more of a comment, and I'm, I'm mm-hmm. on board with it. Now that Tyler Buckner's out for the season, we need to stop the bleeding and get a win versus cow, and then go from there. Now yep. it's about heart, will, pride for the team. You're, you're true to a point, but I, I you don't win just on heart will and pride you win because you play with heart will and pride and you execute and play sound fundamental football right It, it and you have talent i think they have talent they need to show that they can do all the other things can they play with heart can they play with will can they play with some pride we're not really seeing a lot of that it's not that they're playing soft they're not they're just not playing with a lot of fire and offensively, that was also true against Ohio State. They didn't play soft. They competed against Ohio State. They didn't play with a lot of urgency and a lot of fire, even in that game. No. And they no. got worse against Marshall. To be honest with you.
3: But what I agree with completely is you need to win against Cal. Like that's yeah. just point blank period.
1: How I don't care if it's nine to six. This may be a game you can win thirteen to ten. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like I, this and Navy might be the two games you can win thirteen to ten.
3: But you, you know. I, I, at the end of the day, I said this yesterday on the show, I wouldn't be, like, happy with – let me rephrase this. I wouldn't be, like, ecstatic with a 13-10 to 10 win over Cal, right? Like, I expect them to win a, this football game. But that being said, Brian, like, they need to taste victory. Like, it needs to happen, man. Like, they need to win this football game. They have to stop the bleeding. I agree completely mm-hmm. with with how Christopher kind of said that. I mean, I even, I even coined that in during a football game. You know, like, when there's a big third down where you're kind of struggling a little bit, Get the first down and breathe, man. Like this is a breathing opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. Like I I know they said, stop the bleeding. I think it's, it's an opportunity to breathe too. Mm -hmm. win this football game and the staff and the players, they can breathe a little bit. Like Mm -hmm. they can take, you know, you step back and now you can exhale a little bit. And now let's, Mm -hmm. now let's get the next breath for the next game. So an opportunity to breathe is what I'm looking for, for this game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's go to the next super chat or super We got from Jim D.
1: Mateus, Jim, thank you very, very much for the super sticker. We appreciate that. We also, oh, actually, and he did have a question here. He said, I want to thank you and your staff for its knowledge and insight. You're welcome. In your opinion, the changes that you and Ryan suggest, how long would it take for these players to fully implement these changes? I mean, you should start to see it. Like everything we talked about, Ryan, for the most part, mm-hmm. you, you you could see immediate changes Saturday. It won't look like all of a sudden they look like 2019 LSU. It's not going to be that not against Cal, but you should start to see those changes right away and see them be successful. You know, hit a couple deep shots, you know, push the tempo a little bit more. The run game gets going because you make those changes, especially the personnel stuff, personnel tempo. And some of the schematic adjustments, Ryan, you Mm -hmm. should be able to get fixed. Now the protection issues are not going to completely go away, but you can make them better now. So like, uh, most of the stuff we've implemented, Ryan, you tell me if you agree with this or not. They yeah. are one game things that you can implement and start to see success. They are not 100%. do this and in five weeks, you're better. You'll be right. better than you are now, but they will be better than what you've been,
3: in my opinion. In sure. like the, oh, the, the instant you,
1: you made the changes.
3: Yeah. 100, I mean, it's, good. it's just going to look different. Right. Even if it doesn't 100 percent work, it's still going to look different. Right. I mean, like, yeah. yeah, so you'll you'll see the dividends early on it's it's because it because it's from we're talking more about we've spent a lot of time in the show Brian talking about you know just schematic stuff that needs to change right like that's what we kind of spent a lot of time in this show about is 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 a player magically going to go from a bad player to a really good player in a week probably not but like but at the end of the day we're talking about things that we think can maximize players to get them going in the right direction so this is a week of progress that's what I need to see again we need to breathe we need to progress. We need to start showing growth. That is the biggest thing for this game against Cal. There are some people that
1: really need some perspective. Uh, this, this is one. Ian Johnson, are we Iowa but slightly better? Okay. Notre Dame has more than doubled up Iowa like th- this last week. I mean, I- Iowa, Iowa's Iowa is – Iowa's offense,
3: Ryan, their offense yeah. is averaging five points a game. It's it's painful to watch. Guys – if if you think that Notre Dame's offense is tough to watch, please go watch Iowa. It is, it is awful. Like they're because yes. I cause at least a couple players on Notre Dame's offense where you can say, like, okay, he's still playing pretty well. He's a good player. Iowa is not blocking well. Yes. They're not throwing well. They're not running well. They're not catching they anything well. Like they're well. literally they're literally not doing anything well. Do anything well. Right. So- I saw. I saw they had um somebody and again it's PFF grade so like okay whatever yeah, someone's right someone sent me they did not have a single player over a 65 grade on their offensive side of the football not a single one Spencer Petrus is like a 38 rating through two games so <laughs> bad so bad so bad.
1: so bad so bad all right let's get to some more here and uh Thanks. Great one so far. Christopher Morgan with a couple super chats. We all we need all IB staff to be coaches at Notre Dame and LLP Malik come play quarterback save the season. Let's go Irish. I uh, kind of laughing. I still see us nine and three this year. I hope you're right, Christopher. And then we had another oh, thing down here. Well. Uh, Nick Lane said, Brian, would you be OC if Notre Dame offered it to you? Uh, no, I would not. Because, again, it's, it's, it's one thing to sit back and say, this is what needs to be done, point to those mm-hmm. things. It's another thing to go out there and implement the specifics of what need to be done. That's what Tommy Reese and Harry Heast and Chancy Stuckey and D.L. McCullough and Jared Parker need to do, is implement those things. What we're looking at it from is a big-picture thing also. It's kind of like the other thing I was asked. It would be incredibly arrogant for me to say, I could step in and be the offensive coordinator at Notre Dame today. Being critical of things and is not me saying I could do a better job. Now, if I was still in coaching, do I think I could be there? Yeah, of course, I think I could be at a place like that. But that's I haven't coached in like a decade. Right. But what I can do is point to things and say, these are the things that need to be done, sort of big picture. Now, how do you schedule your practices around it? How do you implement it from a teaching standpoint, an install standpoint, a repetition standpoint, all of those things that need to be figured out by the people that are in those jobs. And so I think I can offer advice. I've had coaches in the room in the past have asked me for their advice and, and I'm going to offer my advice, but that's a whole lot of, but there's a whole different thing than saying, I'm going to walk into South Bend today and pick up the game plan and teach it and go out and beat Cal this weekend. That'd be such a slap in the face to Justin Wilcox and Peter Sermon that it's not even funny, right? Yep. It's up to the guys that are being paid that money to figure it out. What we're offering is things as, as outside observers that know the game things that we know work, things that we think fit this personnel we're offering. Because a lot of things we've talked about are, are even the things that are sound specific to you all are broad, talking about the high-low concepts. I didn't draw up specific high-lows because those are going to vary from week to week based on the coverages and the type of structure that you're going to face defensively. There's so much more to it specifically to design those calls, to design those schemes, when to call them, how to call them out of what structures and those type of things that goes into it that I would find that to be an incredibly disrespectful thing for me to say. I think that Tommy Reese in the past has had moments where he has looked really, really good as a play caller. Right now he's not. He's got to figure out what's going on. The head coach has to figure out, is it something that I'm doing? And if it is, then you you f- do what you need to do to fix it. That the OC needs to look and say, is it something I'm doing? And then fix it. And then he needs to then make sure his assistant coaches are doing what they need to do. So uh, the, the staff is there. They're the ones that will fix this or not. Mm-hmm. We are offering our opinion to you all. We're not doing this for Tommy Reese and Marcus Freeman. Uh, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I hope that they would listen. I don't think that they are, but I all also right. don't think it's assumed that they would need me to tell them this. I would hope that they know this, that they're smart enough to know this. And like last year, when they made the changes that we have been saying all year to, to make, they didn't do it because somebody sent Tom Reese a bunch of my shows. He's like, oh, this Driscoll guy knows what he's talking about. He did it because he knew that's what they needed to do, and they finally figured out a way to get it done, right? And that's that's what they need to be. Plus,
3: plus, plus, you're a great analyst and publisher. You don't need to be a coach. Yeah, I kind of like my job.
1: Although that's one of the few jobs that I would say would be actually a, 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 be a pay raise. So uh <laughs> make pretty good money. So. <laughs> so Christopher Morgan with another super chat. Uh at this point, now being ranked 40th after week two, uh, now with a backup quarterback, I say play everybody, develop the young players. No position is safe, need leadership now more than ever. Open it up, Tommy. I will say this. Go ahead, Ryan. You have some say I, know,
3: I was just gonna say I I understand where the thought process is coming, and I agree with it to a certain extent, but my more my openness Christopher personally is every position now is an evaluation for me, right? Cause you're 0 and two, You have to be better. So there's going to be certain spots where it's like, if that guy's not playing well, why would I not play a younger kid uh, that can give me a similar type of impact or maybe more like, let's see. I, so everything would be an opportunity more than maybe it would be in the past, Brian. Right. Cause like there's going to be some times where like, you're just not going to play a freshman in a certain spot because it's just a it's a tough position for a freshman to handle for one, and it's a paramount position for success. But I would be very open for to, to Christopher's question right here, as far as my willingness to play a younger player. And I would be yeah. much more open to the yeah. competition level getting boosted up apart. Like I wouldn't every yeah. week my starting five offensive linemen would be under evaluation. Every week yeah. my starting defensive line would be under evaluation, wide yeah. receivers under evaluation. I would give everyone an opportunity. Same to way. play 100%. Yep. I would give them the opportunity to play if they earn it. You still have to win. And yep. the things that we're talking about playing Tobias,
1: it's not to build for the future. Talking about Xavier Watts, it's not to build for the future. It's about, these are things we think they need to do. Chris Tyree being the focal point, it's not about building for the future. It's about, these are things things that we think they need to do to beat Cal and then go beat North Carolina and then go beat BYU because there's nothing more important right now for Notre Dame than that. You can't go 4-8. and eight or six and six and say, we're building for the future because you won't recruit well, if that's the case. And now you're starting from scratch and you shouldn't be in start from scratch mode. Culturally to a degree, sure. But winning football games, you can't do it. You got to figure out ways to win right now. The reason we think certain young guys should play, and Ryan, I think you agree with this, is because we think they give them the better chance to win now. I think they need to play Eli Raritan and hold Stace, not because I'm ready to build for the future. That's a byproduct of why. I think they give you the best chance to win now based on what we saw the first two games. Right. And and that's the difference. That's the difference yeah, in my opinion. I agree completely. I, I, I did want to say this, Ryan uh, mm-hmm. Ed asks, but could you do a better job at Iowa? Uh, I, I, I'm sorry. This is going to sound super arrogant, uh-oh, but I do uh-oh. think I could get more than seven <laughs> points a game in the first two games against South Dakota state and Iowa state. South Dakota state's a really good FCS program. They yeah. should not hold you to three points on offense. Iowa State's defense, I mean, dude, you scored fewer points against them than Southeast Missouri State did the week before. Ooh. Like that's
3: <laughs> That's bad when you find that's real that. bad. especially They that's had and Southeast bad.
1: Missouri State doubled up Iowa in yards. Oh my god. Doubled them up. Three twenty to one fifty.
3: That is crazy uh, to think So about. yeah.
1: Yeah, that's freaking horrible. And there's actually people in the media that have pushed for Brian Ferenc to be not Notre Dame media, national media, mm-hmm. that pushed for Brian Ferenc to be a guy that Notre Dame should have looked at as their offensive coordinator. That's why I don't take people seriously. Like, yeah, I'll tell you who afterwards.
3: I'll, 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 I'll go, go, I'll go, Uh, uh I, I would be open to Phil Parker, I guess, but Brian Ferenc, yeah. no thanks. Yeah, <laughs> no exactly. No thanks. <laughs> Exactly. Christopher Morgan, the last super chat
1: for him. Mm -hmm. If you guys were a head coach at Notre Dame, would you start to draw the line after two losses? Not talking about firing anybody, but just saying, look, these things, these needs to change. We're Notre Dame, not buddy, buddy anymore. I don't think it's ever should have ever been buddy, buddy, but yes. I mean, when you lose to Marshall, there's nobody, like I said, there's one coach that I would look, well, probably two, but really only one after last week. Even though I think Mike Mickens' corners have probably been, Probably one of the best position groups they've had. There were still mistakes that they made on Saturday. Sure. But there's only one coach that after Saturday is not getting his butt ripped by me. Yeah, not butt ripped because, I mean, these are grown men. But, like, not getting, like, a stern talking to, like, no, 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 this isn't good enough This needs to be better. That's Brian Mason. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And that includes Marcus Freeman going home and like looking at a big mirror and then fussing himself out too. I mean, they everybody here has got to do that. And that's what good coaches do. Self-evaluation. Should like, yeah. This is there was a there was a coach at Notre Dame that a couple coaches in Notre Dame that I was that I was pretty close with over the years, about, maybe about four of them that just off the top of my head, that I could never criticize them more harsher than they criticized themselves. Like the reason they were cool with me is because I never said anything publicly that they thought was was Unfair. like, they, like no, no, like oh, not only that, but like sometimes they're like, dude, you were, you weren't hard enough on, on what like, because not that like, that's just kind of how they were. Like, it was like, it was never good enough. Like if, if I'm upset with this again, I think I try to be fair about this kind of stuff, but it was just be kind of mm-hmm. like, you shouldn't, I should never be more upset about this than you. Cause your job is actually on the line here. If Notre Dame goes three and nine this year. Guess what, Ryan, I'm still running Irish breakdown. It's my mm-hmm. site. I'm not going anywhere. The coaches right. might, right? So yeah. their jobs are even more on the line than mine is. So I would hope that they care more about this than I do. And so to me, I shouldn't have to necessarily, as the head coach, be at, be on you about this. If you are not more pissed at yourself than I am pissed at you, then we got an even bigger problem than being 0-2. And, mm-hmm. and that's when you say, okay, changes need to be made, right? There's two reasons to fire a coach who's underperforming. One, he doesn't think he's underperforming. Del Alexander literally did not think he was the problem. And I know this for a 1000% fact. He thought the players were the problem. Like I got no use for you at this point in time. I want guys to look at it and say, yeah, the players need to play better, but this is on me. I need to do a better job. I didn't get them ready to play. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. That's what I want. Self accountability. Yes. And if you're not that kind of guy, then that, that doesn't mean you don't say, Hey, look, we got to recruit better players. That's sure. always a part of it. But it also be like, but I didn't do a good enough. Look, it's one thing to say you don't have good enough players to be Ohio state. If any coach looks in the mirror and says, our dudes, were not good enough to beat Marshall. He no longer deserves to be at Notre Dame. I'm sorry. Because you are now projecting your miscues onto your players. Well, they are the ones that do this. It's your job to get them ready to play. A thousand percent your job to get them ready to play. I hate coaches. I remember one time we were, I was on a coaching staff and we were having a very disappointing season. We were a national playoff team the year before. And I remember our, our offensive line coach sat there and, and this, we almost got into a fist fight for this. He looks around, he goes, Guys, at the end of the day, we're doing what we need to do. They're not making plays. I went freaking off, off. Like we're like nose to nose in the office. I was pissed. I was like, no, I know what you're doing in the offensive line. I know this isn't a player problem. This isn't us. And if we're not one to look in the mirror, then we're going to keep losing because this is, we're the ones getting paid to win football games, not them. Yeah. You know, and so if you have guys like that, then Ryan, you got a much bigger problem than whatever technique they're teaching on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And I don't think, from what I know of the coaches in Notre Dame, I'd be shocked if there's any of them that are looking in the mirror on Saturday night saying, you know what? It's the players. I did what I needed to do. I'd be shocked if that was true. I don't think that's what's happening at Notre Dame. I don't think that's Tommy Reese. I don't think that's Chris O'Leary and Al Washington and Harry Heastan. I'd be shocked if that's what their mentality was.
3: That would be very disappointing if that was a fact. But I
1: just there's nothing about any of their histories that would tell us they're that kind of guy. right, Right. The only one you could even say that about is Chancey Stuckey because he's an unknown. Right. But... I don't think he's that way either. He's, I mean, players are usually more competitive than that, right? Yes. So I I would, I would be shocked then, but just the history of what we know of all these coaches, I just don't think that there's anything there that would tell us that.
3: I I agree. Yeah.
1: I love this from TJ, TJ Fallon. Uh, His TJ has the first game prediction of the week and a super chat, Notre Dame five Cal three book it. That's my prediction. So I sure hope that's not the case uh casa hodge with a super chat thank you casa we're all really hoping pine plays well but due to pine struggling in the blue gold game in previous game how long of a leash do you uh you two think he should have i, I mean i don't even want to i mean i'm right now casa i'm focused on the cow game right yeah i'm, I'm focusing the cow game because you you bench pine and you risk losing him. and now it's what you got steve angeli and ron palace the third You know, like, can we just – let's let – I'm not worried about leashes right now. I'm worried about getting Drew Pine to be able to play to the way that I know Drew Pine is capable.
3: Yeah, I mean, we spent this whole podcast basically talking about how the offense can maximize itself the best with Drew Pine in mind, right? Like, it wasn't even a part of our conclusion. I mean, I think the thing too, Brian, is that, yes, I understand that the recent work from Drew Pine has not been great, but there has been some good moments of Drew Pine if you're looking at last season. I mean, you just have to hope that there's – an inflection of of confidence in him, and he gets back to what he was looking like, man. Because I think he can win some football games for mm-hmm. you if he's back to the twenty twenty one version of Drew Pine. But yep. yeah, I don't ha- I don't have a leash on him either right now, Cass. I mean, if this yep. turns into a season where it's just like dreadful every single week, then we can talk at that point. But it, they're zero yep. two right now, and there's still hope, right? There's still hope yep. for me. So
1: no doubt. And we have a couple more super chats here. Wade Garrett says, hey guys, uh, how was our offensive line the first season he stand coached us in 2012 or whatever that was? Just curious if we expected too much of a turnaround. No, I mean, look, we, we talked about this in the offseason, Wade, that we don't know how quickly it can get going. We said, you know, we hope it's the opener. And you you thought they'd, you know, how long will they till they look to their full peak? It would take some time. But I'm sorry what we've seen the first two weeks is not acceptable. You can't blame Jeff Quinn for that. I and I know that. There to a degree, Jeff Quinn holds some responsibility because Harry's still breaking the bad habits that they made. But it's to me this is a Tommy Reese and a Harry heestand problem because yep. I think because they are asking too much of them too early. I think that's part of it as well. But they need to do a better job. They should be better. If Harry heestand is still the guy that we think he is, they should have been better the first two games, Ryan. I'm sorry, it's yep. it's Marshall. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. you can say, okay, maybe Ohio State's a little better on defense this year than we thought. Okay, fine. I'll chalk that up. But And Marshall's a defense that you and I both think highly of for that level. We should not have seen what we saw on Saturday. Not. Because it wasn't, oh, wow, that guy's a really good player. It was like, why is no one blocking that guy? Right. How do you guys not know the basics of inside zone right now? Your tackle has a guy inside leverage on him. You should be thinking about helping him. Like, why is that not even a thought for your sixty-year offensive, you know, six-year, sixty-year player at right guard? Right? Th- those are those are things that got to get fixed, and I'm not blaming <sighs> Jeff Quinn for that. In week two, yeah. I'm not. I'm just not. You know, mm-hmm. and and I'll blame Jeff Quinn for getting it to the point where Harry's got to fix all those things. But you know, Coach he has been here for nine months now. He's got he's got to figure it out, right? And so I want to see them start to improve quickly. I'm not saying yes. they're going to look like the Joe Moore Award winners on Saturday, but they need to look better.
3: You need to look better. It it's because that there's so much talent, right, Brian? I mean, that's why we're frustrated with the wide receiver group. That's why we're frustrated with you know multiple spots on this team is because there's talents. Right. There is. I mean, we've we spent all offseason talking about how Joe Walt and Blake Fisher might be first-round picks eventually, right? right? Like They're so talented, man. Because it's, of what we've seen them do. Yes, 100%. Like, it's not it's not just a pure projection. Like, we've literally have seen Blake Fisher and Joe Walt play really good football. We've seen Jared Platterson play really good football. You have seen Josh Lug play good football in Spurs and Zeke Carell, too. Like, you've seen them all play good mm-hmm. football at points in their career. For whatever reason, it's not meshing right now, and they're – It's just, it's not good right now. And Wade, I mean, it's unacceptable. Like Brian said, like it's, it's the offensive line is way too talented to be as bad as they are right now. That's the point blank period to it. Right. Cause we'd said, well, I don't know how long they're going to look like the group they're capable
1: of, but I never in my mind did it cross my, did I think that it would look like it's looked the first two weeks and maybe, maybe that's on us, but I I don't think so. I I really don't. And as far as to the specifics of his question, The offensive line in Harry's first game in 2012, they actually had a really big game against a Navy team that you know in Ireland that that wasn't they weren't really good that year. If we're going to be honest, Mm -hmm. that Navy team gave up 193 rushing yards per game that year, and uh, they gave up over two. They gave up over 300 yards. Like Notre Dame rushed for 293 in the opener. They that got topped three times that year. Army did it, Air Force did it, and Arizona State did it that year. So they were not a very good rushing team. But if you look at Notre Dame after that, they struggled for the next three weeks running the football. They did. And the, the next week they went for 52 yards on 36 carries against Purdue, uh, 1.4 yards per carry the next week against Michigan state, 122 yards, 3.6 a carry against Michigan state. The next week against Michigan, they were 3.0 yards per carry, 94 yards on 31 carries. And then the ne- it wasn't until game five that they had a little a breakout against Miami And then starting with Miami, they went for at least 200 yards in, let's see, see one, two, three, four, six out of the next eight games. And one of those was 184 yards against Boston College. So they went from bad to pretty good over time. But again, we're talking about Marshall though, right? Like they didn't play Purdue and Michigan State and Michigan. They played Marshall and uh, it's just not acceptable. But it can get better and I expect it to get better
0: Call ClayGranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
1: Uh, super chat from Alan Watson. Thank you, Alan. Just a reminder that these are still kids. Sure, they are mm-hmm. not men. They are men, but young men. The hatred and meanness towards Tyler Buckner when he got hurt was disgusting. We are better than this. Thank you, IB, for keeping those idiots off the site. Was there people like that were doing that? That were was there is if it's on Twitter. Twitter yeah. sucks. Okay, Twitter sucks, and people on Twitter are just that do things like that. Just suck at life, to be honest with you.
3: Well, I, I Brian, I mean, I was in the stands, and there was I did hear over here someone when Tyler Buckner got knocked out of the game. Someone was like, "Oh, good, finally!" And I was just like, "Seriously, yeah, buddy? Like, like, just got suck. hurt? Like, people uh, like
1: that suck." Like, yeah. we we banned a guy from the website that said before that I hope somebody from Marshall hurts him, knocks him out of the game. So you're not posting here anymore. Like, you're not gonna have room for that. that that's just. It's awful. Yeah, it's a, I, and I don't care if you said that about a professional guy making ten million dollars a year. Like you know, that's just that's just wrong. That wish, that says wish, more you about you. Someone. That, yeah. that says more about you than it does mm-hmm. about the kids that are playing for.
3: 100 percent. Sean Michael
1: with a super chat. Brian and Ryan, thanks as always. How much of a leash do you think the staff will give Pine before going to Angeli? They need to. They they need Drew Pine to think he's got an incredibly long leash. The last thing you want to have Drew Pine thinking about right now is looking over shoulder. That oh gee, I got to go make every single throw. I'm going to get right. benched. Drew, you're the guy.
3: Drew can't try he, to be perfect. He can't no. try to be perfect. And then yeah. if Drew
1: proves not to be the guy, then you can figure something out then. But Drew is your starting quarterback right now. You need to have mm-hmm. faith in him, confidence him, and and coach him in a way. Now, you may think in your head, I'm not going to give him a very long leash, but he can't think that. Yeah, he's and, and you can't be in a situation where he struggles and in the first quarter you yank him and put Steve Angeli because then you have nowhere else to turn. You have nowhere mm-hmm. else to go. I just – I wouldn't do that. I mean, just let the kid go out there and play. Let him develop. And understand, too, Notre Dame fans, they're playing – and we've said this since the summer. We said this in the summer. is going to be one of the better defenses that Notre Dame is going to face. Their offense sucks, although they have some talented young players. Jay mm-hmm. Michael Sturdivant's a good football player. And that running back, freshman running back Jay Knott, that yes. kid can play.
3: He he can go, man. He can He's go. He's a true yeah. freshman.
1: Now yes. their line stinks and their quarterback stinks, but <laughs> they got some athletes at Cal, but they're not good on offense. They just scored twenty points on B on UNLV, okay. Yeah. But their defense has some pros on it. It does. Mm-hmm. This is a good defense, yeah. and you want to see them getting. You want to see them getting going. If Notre Dame's was, offense was looking good right now, I'd still be saying the same things I'm saying about Cal. Like this is a good defense. They're going to give you some problems. You better bring your A game today because this is this is, this team can can do some good things there. So uh, I'd give him a longer leash. James, James Mertz, Brian If Pine, does happen to struggle. Do you think Angeli comes in or do we give Pine a couple of games? So we get a lot of this, right, a lot of these yes. kind of questions. And I just want to point out that that can't be your thought process if you're Notre Dame. It can't be, okay, this is what we're doing, but if he sucks, we're going to bet – you have to be worried about getting him ready to play his game and not looking over your shoulder. And But this is what we said at the beginning. Now that Pine's the starter, it's, well, now let's look to the next guy. Because that's just kind of how it goes with
3: so some So weird, but man. So Now, if he weird. comes out
1: there and throws three picks in the first half, sure. Okay, fine. I get that. I'm not saying that Drew Pine can do nothing that's going to get him benched. I'm like, that just can't be your thought process. And it's not my thought process right now. My thought process is what do we got to do to get Drew Pine going and to get this offense going? And if he can't do it, then you figure something out. But right now, that's just not that's not where I'm at. It's not where mm-hmm. I'm at. Beefeater, Feeder, a.k.a. Toe Jam, Brian, what are the odds you do you put on the offense turning it around this week? Honestly, man, Ryan, I don't know what your answer is. I don't have a clue. I don't,
3: I don't have any To Jam. This is like one of those situations where I don't want to put any input into this because I just I don't know what to expect. If I'm being completely yeah. honest, like I don't know. Like it could be one of those situations where Notre Dame looks a ton better, Brian, and they win 33 to 14 or something, right? right. Or it could just be a or 27 a to 10. Sure. Right? I mean, again, this is a good Hard. defense. Or it could be a massive right. struggle. Like, I have no idea. I, I could see no them idea. going out there and scoring 40 on Cal. And the reason
1: why is because they could force a bunch of turnovers to give them short fields and the offense is right. playing well. I, 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 I have no clue. They just scored 15 points on Marshall. I don't have a clue what they're going to do this weekend. I wish I did, but I, yeah. I don't. I, I really don't. I'm glad I'm not making predictions today because I have no clue. The mood that I'm in today after watching the offense again last night, it probably wouldn't be good.
3: Yeah, to be honest. Ask ask, ask us on Friday when we have our predictions. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it it probably wouldn't be good. It really wouldn't be good. Got another one here from Robert Bishop. Can anyone tell me what's up with Pine in that mouthpiece? Does he do that intentionally? I think it's just force of habit. But yeah, it's kind of annoying. He never puts it in his mouth. He always has it like Hmm. sticking out. Drives me a little nuts.
3: That's uh that's like every corner ever, because corners like to talk trash. So they never put their mouthpiece in.
1: We have a super chat from Sean, and Michael, Brian, uh, B. Ryan. Thoughts on snap counts for Burnham and Ford. Collie, hope to see you and Vince Saturday. So we'll we'll address the defense a little bit more tomorrow. But I mean, mm-hmm. I, I I don't I would I'm not against playing anyone that's talented. I'm not. Yep. And but again, defense hasn't necessarily been the problem. I think the first thing to fix at linebacker is not switching players out. It's letting guys zero in on. And we'll talk more about this tomorrow. Let these guys zero in on one position. Mm -hmm. Let's let Maris play will and will only for a while and see how he does and simplify things a little bit because he's running around confused. And that's been an issue that we've had for him in the past. You need to let that kid play fast and and, and have a this is what you're doing and not trying to cross train all those guys. I want to see that first. Then we can talk about personnel next because, again, that side of the ball has been pretty good for more than it's been not been good in the first two
3: games. And and I don't think, I mean, because Patel, I mean, sorry, Batello, but Burnham and Ford are both really talented players. So is Khalil Brian, right? But yeah. I don't think there's a lack of talent on defense right. at those spots. You know, like the defensive line has a lot of talent. The linebackers have talent. It's not, it's not like you're sacrificing yeah. talent just for efficiency, and efficiency isn't playing well, right? right. Like it's there's still talent there. So I right. agree completely. Now I would
1: I would consider playing those guys if they're healthy in certain roles, certainly. Sure. Uh, Mm -hmm. especially if guys aren't – I mean, look, if the guys you're playing now aren't getting after the quarterback, then why not give Josh Burnham a shot, right? I mean, can't be worse (laughs) than what you've seen on third down. You know, uh, Tyson Ford, if he's practicing better and playing better, I'd give him a shot. But, uh, you know, but again, I don't think necessarily personnel – like when we talk about the defense tomorrow, Ryan, we're not going to be talking about a lot of switch this dude out for that dude. It's clean Mm -hmm. this up. It's clean that up. Because if you're going to take guys off the field based on their performance so far, we're talking about Isaiah Foskey – Jason yola Cam Hart. You're not taking those guys off the field. If you do, you're a bad coach. It's what is going on that's making those guys not play to their potential, and then figure it out. And if their attitudes are bad or they're not working hard, that's a different conversation. But I don't think that's ever an issue with those guys. It's hey, how do we get our dudes to start playing like dudes again? That's got to be. And and is it them? Is it us? Are we not putting them in the positions where their skill is is better suited? That's the question you got to ask yourself. I'm not saying that's the, the issue, but that's what the coaches need to be asking themselves, not, hey, let's bench this guy or let's bench that guy. It's different on offense because on offense, you're not playing your most talented player. There is no more Will Linebacker on the roster more talented than Maris Lofeld. There isn't one. He is the Tobias Merriweather of that position. Same thing with Isaiah Foskey. Same thing with Riley Mills at Big End. It's about getting those guys to play to their potential. Same thing with Cam a Corner. It's different than receiver and running back where we don't think they're playing the best guys. Tight end. This is where the best guys are out there. you got to get them to play better. Mm-hmm. And what is your role in that? And then what is their role in that? Because there does come a point in time where the players got to step up and say, you know what? I'm not pointing the finger anymore. Except this, this way, right here. I'm pointing the finger at me right now. And you, want, you hope that they have that. You hope that they have that mentality, Ryan. But the coaches have the mentality of, what do I need to do better to unleash that guy? They both yep. need to be looking in the mirror. And if the Notre Dame coaches and the Notre Dame players are both looking in the mirror, then this thing's going to get fixed and get fixed quickly. If you start saying, "Well, this guy screwed up or that guy screwed up or whatever else," that's when you start having problems, Ryan. That's when you lose your football team. Get these last couple yeah. questions here, Ryan. Do you? If you have to go, I understand you've got to go, but if, you know we'll finish okay. up here pretty soon. Gotcha. Uh, but if when you got to go pick pick her up, you can you can just take off uh irish shy towns or beef eater also asks uh, brian is the center like the qb of the offensive line is john christoph right and Jarrett patterson should be moved back to center well, i think john's motive for that is he thinks he needs to move back to center because he wants uh andrew to play left guard and and honestly at this point in time i mean that's got to be an option on the table right i mean look there's no options on the table right now guys and, and am i going to have a conversation this week with my staff if i'm tommy reese and Marcus Freeman, am I going to have a conversation with my staff this week about possibly moving him to center? Yeah, it's, it it has to at least be addressed. I'd rather not, but it has to at least be addressed. And, and I think that just ignoring it would be a mistake, in my opinion. I, I do. I do. Let's see here. Irish Town says, Brian, why aren't great practices translating to game day? I, I, I couldn't answer that. I'd have to be there. Honestly, I'd have to be there to to know the answer to that. And I'm not, and I haven't heard it from anything about why that is. I, I, I don't. Irish blooded. Why do you think get uh, what who do you think gets worst TV ratings this week? Oklahoma versus Nebraska. Ooh, post frost or Texas A&M versus Miami post lost app state. I would imagine Miami fans are going to be pretty fired up about this. So I think that I think they're going to be, I think they're going to be a little bit more fired up than maybe, oklahoma fans are about playing nebraska it's a big it's a big game for miami like they're going to college station with a chance to beat a preseason top 10 team a team that's still ranked in the top 25 that's a big big game for mario cristobal you start off three and oh and you go on the road and beat texas a&m that's a great way to build around your offense or build build around your program i should say and really get your program rolling John Lacey with a soup with a, a question. John says uh, it was great. By the way, John, it was great meeting you and your family on Saturday. I really appreciate the help you guys uh, gave us getting set up really, really meant a lot. He said, "Would a West coast style offense suit pine, or does that not make much sense from a shotgun uh, thinking of Alex style minus the running ability. So John, the stuff that I like that, that Notre Dame does sort of out of their pro style spread has a lot of West coast influences. So, Am I getting out my old Lavelle Edwards playbook uh, and running that? No. But there's a lot of the principles that have kind of, from that offense, that have bled into other systems. I mean, even some of the air raid has some of those principles. Get the ball out quickly. Be accurate. It's about timing. And so there are some principles to that that I think fit what Drew Pine can do. You know, quick game, timing, accuracy, getting the ball out quickly. But it's not so much a full, full West Coast, like dive into the West Coast full go. It's more of just there's principles that already exist in your offense that need to be emphasized a little bit more that I think would work for Drew Pines. So it's, a, it's a very good question. Very, very good question. So, everybody, that is going to do it for today's show. Appreciate everybody for being with us. We are going to have a little bit of an interesting show tonight. Uh, we are going to have Sean and Vince have already recorded today their show for today. Uh, they're going to talk about, you know, coach Freeman and, and some different things like that in the show tonight. So it'll be interesting. Their show's recorded. I've not listened to it yet. I will actually be hosting tonight's show. We're going to play that show live at six o'clock for IP nation sports talk. So they won't be live, but I'll be there. So I'll play the show and then I'll answer, you know, if there's any super chats or questions during the show, I'll answer them afterwards. And so, uh, because Sean, normally I don't have Sean go to the Tuesday night player press conferences, but Al golden and Tommy Reese are both going to be there tonight. And I thought it was kind of important to have the beat writer there for that. So Sean's going to be at the press conference tonight at six 30. So we needed to record the show, the IB nation sports talk show early. So I will play it live at six. We'll have it live at six. I'll be there to kind of set it all up, but that's what we're, that's what we're going to do today with the six o'clock show. And of course, Ryan and I will be back tomorrow. We're going to talk about the Notre Dame defense, some things that Notre Dame defense needs to do to get fixed. And then Thursday, we're going to kind of have a overall Cal breakdown. So we'll talk about Cal, introduce Cal. I don't think a lot of people were necessarily too thrilled about three straight shows of Cal. We'll talk about Cal on Thursday. And then when we implement our, when we do our game prediction show on Friday, we'll do some of the breakdown stuff that we kind of do earlier in the week. And so that's what we'll, that's what we'll do. And, uh, so, so we're going to focus a little bit on Notre Dame today, er, the, er, these next couple days, and then get to some cow stuff on Thursday and Friday. And then next week, hopefully we'll be on a more normal, on a more normal routine, uh, with what our shows will be. So anyway, that's going to do it for today As again, as always, everybody hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, sign up for the message board. If you're listening to via podcast, give us a five-star review, share this podcast, both by telling people about it, and then also hitting that share button down there as well. And there is a new cool feature here that if you're not able to give a super chat, there's now a thanks tab where you can actually hit the thanks thing and kind of give, donate to the channel. But of course, the best way to always donate to the channel is to join the message board. And you can always join via one of our uh, uh, booster clubs, either gold, shamrock, blue or gold. So you can give that way as well if you want to support the channel. But of course, we also, more than anything else, appreciate you donating your time to us and being a part of this wonderful IB nation community. So have a great rest of your day, everybody. We'll see you hopefully in about an hour and 36 minutes. And then of course, we'll see you again tomorrow on the Irish breakdown podcast.